I wanted to first share a story with you and Matthew when he got up here and started saying about had a little uh, let go, let go, let go. It's like, I'm going to go ahead and tell you this, this story. Um, there was, there was, okay, come on, Lynn, we're ready. We can do this. We can do this. Let's do this. Okay, there was this man, probably like a salesman, who was traveling by himself. And he went to one of those, you know, those vista, those view things that, that they come to, and it's like, here is a viewpoint. And those guys just traveled. Bethany just took a little road trip, went to see Shoshone Falls, and said it was just a trickle going over the falls yesterday, but still a beautiful, uh, a beautiful sight, a really cool thing to go see. Uh, one of those viewpoints when you're traveling, and, and this guy pulls in there, pulls into the parking lot, and realized he's the only one there. And the sign said, do not go past this fence. Danger. Danger. We've all seen those, right? You know, don't go past here. And it's like, you look, it's like, oh, wow. I wonder what that would look like on the other side of that fence. <laughs> and so he was wondering the same thing. So, you know, he took a look around. Well, the sign says, but I am really curious. So he approached to look and just to be able to see the, the river and, and the beautiful view off this kind of this cliff. But what, as he was looking and approaching the edge, not quite carefully enough, not looking where he was stepping, he realized he, he did not realize until he had stepped on some loose rocks. He went sliding down and sliding over, grabbing for anything that he could. There was a branch that was hanging out, kind of a brushy branch thing, and, and he grabbed onto that, which kept him from plunging over 600 feet to his death down there. And it's like, oh, thank you, Jesus, for this, for this branch. It's like, oh, but it was just hanging out from a, a little, it's like, and he's looking down, and it's a rock wall. It's like, now what? Help? Help? Is there anybody up there? But he knew he didn't hear any cars pull in. Knew that he was the only one there. So he started, he began to pray. And he was, as he was hanging on, he said, oh, God, help me. God, help me. You are, help me. As he was hanging on, he says, what am I going to do? I can't climb back up this wall. I, I can't, what am I going to do? And he heard, let go, son. Let go. And he was thinking, Lord, uh, I'm not sure that's you. Let, let go, son. Let go. He said. And, he, and he pondered, and as his arms were starting to get tired, he was starting to, start to lose his grip. And he goes, God, is, is that you? He said, let go, son. I, I have you. Let go. Pretty quick. Is there anybody else up there? <laughs> Help! Help! I think so oftentimes that... Can we get Proverbs 3, 5 up there, Linda? Yeah, but not out of message. I'm sorry, I want that out of uh, anything else. The rest is all going to be from the message. Trust in the Lord God with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. And then the rest of it, the next... 
In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. It's something that I was just thinking. If, 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 if you were in that kind of situation. One time I did a, I, I, I told that story, and then we did an activation. I said, let's just close our eyes. In fact, I am still shaky. <laughs> let's just do that. Everybody just close your eyes for a few minutes. You have come to a situation, a really difficult situation. In fact, just imagining yourself hanging on for dear life to this cliff, you know, to this branch that's sticking out over this cliff. You're hanging on right there for dear life. And you're praying because you have exhausted your resources. Anything that you can think to do, any, anything that makes even sense to you, your own understanding has been exhausted. You're hanging on right there praying for God. God, what, what, what are you going to do? What can I do? What do you want me to do? Right now, as we have our eyes closed, as we're thinking, as we're even praying that prayer, because some of you might be in that very situation right now. You're hanging on for dear life, and God says, let go, I've got you. Let go, daughter, I have you. Let go, son, I have you. Lay not on your understanding, not what you can figure out, but let me take care of this for you. Do you trust me? Do you love me? Do you believe me? Let go. Just keeping your eyes closed. And what, what do you see? What do you experience? What do you see? God, I just pray that you, that right now, that somebody, whomever might be struggling with something that is so paramount, that is so big, they feel like they're just hanging on for dear life, that you will reveal, that you will start to show, that you will provide a hope for them right now. In Jesus' name. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your goodness, for your love and how you lead us and will direct all our paths. We just give you praise, we give you thanks. And together we say, Amen. 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 I just like if, if, if anybody experienced something amazing, got some revelation, would you just raise your hand? <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are the God that cares about every detail of our life, particularly when we're in a situation. You know, so oftentimes it's like God is our last resort, not our first resort. You know, it's like acknowledge him in all your ways and he will guide and direct your path. Acknowledge him means, means we're, we're paying attention to him and his desires and what he has for us, what he wants for us. Okay. That's great. I'm glad that there were probably 15 or 20 people. I didn't even start to count, but I saw several hands that God's already speaking to as we just meditate on, on, on Him. Okay. The <clears throat> what I wanted to speak on this morning is realizing... Well, I want to speak on maturity. Maturity. 
one of the things I talked about here a couple of weeks ago is it's time for us to be going from milk to meat. And I want to elaborate on that just a little bit this morning, talking about spiritual maturity or those who that are matured in the Spirit or being matured in the Spirit. Uh, and I realized, wow, I, I felt like the Lord started showing me some numbers this morning, which seems like, oh, it's about numbers. Realizing that we are in the 21st century, everybody acknowledges and recognizes we're in the 21st century, right? We have moved into the 21st century. We are well into the 21st century. We are now in the 21st year of the 21st century. It's like 2121, right? And we are in the second month and the first Sunday of 2121. So what's 212121? Wow. Does that not have some significance? Seem like something special about this? I was thinking, well, what, 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 okay, what, why this? It's like, oh, well, do you know that at 21 you can drink hard liquor and go to the bars? You are becoming, in theory at least, a mature adult. 21 years old. You're stepping into maturity, or at least you're supposed to begin maturing at the age of 21. Are you with me? This makes sense? Okay. So 21, 21, 21. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It is time for us to start growing up, maturing. This is the year. This is the year for spiritual maturity, for, those to, for us to start walking in the maturity that we're supposed to be walking in. 21, 21, 21. First Sunday of the second month. Wow. Okay, Lord, 21, 21, 21. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways. Um, NIV, which I very rarely read or use, but I just happened to be looking through this morning. It says, in all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. I don't necessarily agree with making your, your path straight. I believe that we, I do agree with the submit part. Uh, man, I read several different translations right there, and my belief in is if we acknowledge him, if we're if we're submitting to Him, acknowledging Him, checking with Him in all things that we do, then surely, surely He will direct our paths, which oftentimes means correct our paths. Everybody with me? We do not, we're supposed to be happy when He starts correcting our path. He will direct and correct, and then our path will be much smoother if we will follow his direction and correction. Okay. But sometimes, in order to be corrected, we have to be a little more mature than just a kid. You know, when we're younger, and the younger that we are, I remember at 17 and 18 and 19 years old, it's like, I know more than my parents anyway. So... Like, I might have to sneak around a little bit to do what I think I should be doing because I'm walking in freedom, right? I am an adult or like this close at least, 18 or 19 years old. It's like his freedom. But when 
somebody loves you as much as God loves you and wants the very best for your life, he's going to bring some direction correction. We all good with that? Okay. Direction correction. Uh, next verse that I have is, is, okay, Linda, I said the rest of it would be in... Uh, um, message. I just didn't lie to you. I just told you a little little white one here. I want one more. I want another Proverbs. Proverbs 9.10. In anything but. Okay. Um, are you there? Yeah. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. It's like, you know, that was something that, that for a long time, I just thought, well, why, would I, why do I need to fear the Lord? Why do I need to fear the Lord? And then I came to the realization that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's like, I guess it is pretty wise to fear the one that created the universe, the omnipotent God that we serve, that is completely in control, that is all-powerful, all wisdom is in Him. So, to be somewhat fearful, when you, um, well, when you see somebody that you step into... Uh, step into a gym or step into a situation, maybe you step into a dark alley and you see somebody that's, you know, that's wearing the wife beater t-shirt. Oh, what do you call those? Muscle shirt, yeah. Uh, slipped back into some. <laughs> I did celebrate recovery for almost five years, so that's what I heard all the time. Hey, he's got his wife beater's t-shirt on. He's like, wow, that's horrible. That, uh, correcting that muscle shirt on, somebody that's tattooed up and got big, big muscles, you know, that, that can be intimidating to you if you're the only one there and you're in kind of a dark alley or something. It's like, oh, 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 dear. You know, that, that's somebody that exhibits some strength, some power, possibly some authority over that area, right? That can, uh, that can create, whoa, a little fear or at least a little, I'm going to pay attention and maybe to where he's going, to what he's doing, that's reverent fear of the Lord. He's all-powerful, but what we have to understand and realize is the next scripture that I want to read is in Romans as well, but it is, it's the goodness of God. Can we get that one? Second, uh, 2-4, Romans 2-4. Do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing? Do you not understand that it's the goodness of God that leads you to repentance? Man, we can respect, we can honor, we can fear, we can have an incredible reverence for God and fear the, the, the consequences if we're not in line with his will, but understanding how much He loves us, how good He is, is what draws us to God. And you 
and me, we're actually called to be the goodness of God. We represent Jesus. We'll take another little... I, I, was, I was reading this morning, before we get a little deeper into this, that Congressman Liz Cheney has been... Oh, what's that word? I should have written it down. Wyoming voted to... What? Censored, 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 censored. Which basically means that the state of Wyoming, who she went to represent... I'm not trying to get into politics and shame on her or anything, but when I read that this morning, it popped up on my, my, my newsflash, my whatever. It's like, oh, my word. It's been censored, so censured, however that, however that one is pronounced. So the state of Wyoming no longer wants her representing them in Washington, D.C. Several amens out here, but... But here's the point that I want to make in that. I'm not trying to get political this morning. Uh, uh, only serves you right. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but think about this. When she's representing the state of Wyoming and in those, in those highlights that I read, it's like, Oh my goodness, she's representing, they sent her, they raised the money and all to send her to D.C. to represent them, right? And instead, she got there and, she, and I, I read her explanations. I had to go with my own conscience, my own commitment, my own. It's like, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. Seventy or seventy-some percent of the people voted for Donald Trump but you vote to impeach him. Now, how is that representing well the people that sent you to Washington, D.C. to represent them? Okay. Now we're going to bring this closer to home here. It's like, now, when God calls you and you're going out to represent him, and you step into a situation that hurts your feelings, that makes you mad, that, that, that's something. You so, say, well, I haven't been treated very well here, so I don't feel good about this, so my personal convictions are what I'm going to go with here, God, not what you've called me to do, sent me here to take care of. Does this make sense yet? It's like, okay, he, <laughs> we're his delegates, and we're representing him, so we need to accurately represent him. We need to be hearing what he's saying, knowing how his vote goes, because that's who we represent. We are ambassadors for Christ with the name, the tag, Christians. And you thought I was getting all political there, didn't you? Okay, I want to read Romans 8, 14 through 16. Sons and daughters, and this is, is now, yes. Uh-oh. 
Now we're message, Linda. I'm just keep messing with you. <coughs> Sorry. Romans eight, fourteen. I'll just start reading it. We'll be up there just Oh. Sons and daughters destined for glory, the mature children of God are those who were moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. Oh my goodness. Say that with me. Of never being good enough. Leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. The spirit of religious duty. But you've received the spirit of full acceptance. Oh, everybody say full acceptance. I'm fully accepted through Jesus. I'm fully accepted through Jesus. Because I've received the spirit of full acceptance. Which enfolding you, wrapping you up into the family of God. Hmm. We're brothers and sisters in the family, right? And we treat family a little differently than we just treat outsiders. We can be a little bit more candid with the family, can't we? We're able to bring correction into the lives of our family, at least of our kids. Or at least we surely do try. And you will never feel orphaned. For as He rises up within us, our spirits join Him in saying the words of tender affection. Beloved Father. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as He whispers into our innermost being, You are God's beloved child. I want you just to hear this really clearly and, and receive this this morning. As, as I read that, speak this, I'm going to just make this as a declaration. You are God's beloved child. Do you receive that this morning? You are God's beloved child. You're God's beloved child. Oh, there was a couple points in there that I wanted to, to, to touch The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Spirit. It's like, you see, when when in our relationship we get closer and closer with the Holy Spirit, we all know that we have the Spirit of God in us. We've been baptized in water. We've been baptized in the Spirit. The Spirit of God is living in us. And the Spirit of God comes on us. There's in and there's on. Right? We all agree. We're all good with that. So 
when we're being led by the Spirit, we get impulses. And when our heartbeat is connected to His heartbeat, because His Spirit is living in us, and we have created and developed enough relationship that we don't have to, you know, it's really interesting what to, to say, to ask somebody to, somebody to do something, and they'll say, well, give me a few days, I have to pray about that. It's like, and I understand that, and man, seek first the kingdom of God, His righteousness, these things will be added to you. you know, we're supposed to, to, to recognize, acknowledge God in all our ways, which means we're staying connected with Him. But when we're really connected with Him, when we're walking, led by the Spirit, we, you know, sometimes we think, well, I just had this, this notion. To, it's like, no, no, that, that, it isn't just that notion. That's an impulse of the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? It's like we're feeling the impulses of the Holy Spirit, and when we're tuned in, we will obey those impulses, realizing that they're not just ours, they're His, because we have His heart. We're understanding we have access to the mind of Christ. That, 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 that is good news. So we're moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. I was telling somebody the other day, I said, you know what? We are called to be God's minutemen. Minutemen of Holy Spirit. And she said, what does that mean? It's like, you don't know about minutemen? I should get my, get my phone and, and, and read about the Minutemen. You know, in, in the Revolutionary War, 25% of the fighting force was made up of a volunteer force that was self-trained to end up fighting the battle and were to be ready, if called upon, in a minute's time. And they were greatly responsible for a big, big part being 25% of the fighting force of the victory in the Revolutionary War, the victory to freedom. It's like, okay, if we are those minute men to the Holy Spirit, hearing and feeling those pulses of the Holy Spirit, impulses of the Holy Spirit, or pulse, heartbeat, impulses of the Holy Spirit, if we are directed by those and we are acting as well-trained minute men, we don't have to hesitate for a long time to end up making a decision like that. We just have to be obedient to do it quickly. The door is open, the opportunity is there, we step through it and do it. Are you ready to be minute men? All right, we got six minute men. Can we get more? You did not receive the spirit of religious duty leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. See, when we look at ourselves and we don't see ourselves as good enough or as qualified, Jesus wants us to know and wants us to hear again, you're God's beloved child. Wake up, step up, pay attention.
Okay, it's the goodness of God. It's the goodness of God. And we are the ambassadors. We're the representatives to show that goodness to the world around us. His glory through us. His goodness through us. In 2 Peter, we're, we're not going to go there, but I, I refer to 2 Peter, the first chapter of the building blocks of Christianity. If we want to be fruitful, look at those building blocks. Study 1 Peter, that, the whole cha- uh, Second Peter, first chapter. Just study that chapter. It makes it really clear to us. But, and the first thing that we are to add to our faith is goodness. Goodness. It's the goodness of God that leads to repentance. It's His goodness working through us that will draw people into His kingdom. The goodness, goodness, goodness. Um, in Genesis, the second chapter of Genesis, 18th verse, God said, yeah, that won't be in the message, but... <laughs> and the Lord God said, it's not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. The part that I really wanted to focus on, it, it is not good that man should be alone. It's not good that man should be alone. What happened in the Garden of Eden? Somebody got isolated. Somebody got separated. And and they started to listen to the voice of the enemy. When we are hanging with other people, like-minded believers, we keep each other as iron sharpens iron. We keep each other in tune with what God's saying. You know, he... (laughs) Otherwise, it's really easy for us to isolate ourselves, get off in a corner, get off in a cave, and start to think, start listening to the wrong voice, thinking maybe that's the voice of God. It's like, and here's that. We're going this direction here just really shortly. I just say, we need each other. I need you. Rick, at least I need you. Jason, Emery, I need you. I need you. We need each other. We so need each other. When like-minded believers come together, it is something that creates so much energy in the spirit realm that, that things are broken open. We, it's just, we need each other. Hebrews says, forsake not the assemblance one with another. We, we, we need to get together. And like that worship this morning, oh my goodness, I needed that. Okay. Matthew says, Matthew 18, 20, where two or more are gathered together in my name, there I will be in the midst of them. Just an exclamation point. We need each other. Can we access... The manifestations. Can we access God on our own if we're all by ourselves? Absolutely. Absolutely. But the word says where one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight. There's multiplication in numbers when we get together, when we bind hands together and start praising the Lord and sharing our testimonies with each other, then we all become overcomers. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Um, 
Okay, we'll go to Philippians 1, verses 9 through 11. I continue to pray for your love to grow and increase beyond measure, bringing you into the rich revelation of spiritual insight in all things. I continue to pray for your love to grow and increase beyond measure, So what's bringing you into the rich revelation of spiritual insight in all things? Your love. 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 Love that we are receiving from God to be able to share with others. Bringing you into the rich revelation of spiritual insight in all things. This will enable you to choose the most excellent way of all. Becoming pure and without offense until the unveiling of Christ. Becoming pure and without offense. What do we need to become unoffendable? Man, there's an old song I'm thinking about. I I know this guy just sitting right there, Tim, would be thinking, want a whole lot of love? Got a whole lot of love. Way down inside. (laughs) I got a whole lot of love. (laughs) I'm sorry, you just have to be a little bit older. (laughs) This will enable you to choose the most excellent way of all, becoming pure and without offense until the unveiling of Christ, and you will be filled completely with the fruits of righteousness that are found in Jesus, the Anointed One bringing great praise and glory to God. Just a whole lot of love. A whole lot of love. Okay, we're going to turn to another scripture in Philippians just right next door. Philippians 2, 1 through 16. Are we ready? Look at how much encouragement you've found in your relationship with the Anointed One. Who's the Anointed One? Jesus. I should put that first. Look at how much encouragement you've found in your relationship with Jesus, the Anointed One. You're filled to overflowing with His comforting what? Love, love, love. You are filled to overflowing with His comforting love. You've experienced a deepening friendship with the Holy Spirit and have felt His tender affection and mercy. So I'm asking you, my friends, that you be joined together in perfect unity. Everybody say perfect unity. Now what does that require? We just need a guitar player up here. Got a whole lot of love. In perfect unity with one heart, one passion, united in one love. What would that one passion be? A 
Oh boy, we've stumped the crowd. With one heart, one passion, walking in, I'm walking united in one love, walk together with harmonious purpose, and you will fill my heart with abounded joy. One passion, that passion is burning for Jesus Christ. That we are to be his representatives, that we're to draw people unto him. If we will worship him, if we will set our sights on him, we will draw others to him. Walk together with one harmonious purpose, and you will fill my heart with unabounded joy. This is Paul speaking. Be free from pride-filled opinions. For they will only harm your cherished unity. You know, when we pick something that becomes the forefront of what our, what our thinking, what we're, what we're going for, what we're looking for, and our opinion is so set in one direction and we're not even open to hear and talk and deal with others, that creates a dividing line. And that's so not what we want. What, we have, what do all of us have in common? Jesus, our love for Jesus. And that's what we want to pursue, the common ground we have in our love for Jesus Christ. Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts. But in authentic humility, put others first. View others as more important than yourselves. It's like, what? For years, I had a really difficult time with that. View others as more important than yourself. But I need to learn to love myself. I need to learn and I need to acknowledge that I've been created in His image. I am something special, am I not? But, 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 the world doesn't revolve around me. I can get such a me complex. See, we... We live in a world, we live in a society right now that is very much me-driven. When you think about it, think me-driven. Me-driven society. What about me? What about me? Where's mine? What about my feelings? Come on. Do you know how that makes me feel? Well, what about my feelings? What you did just hurt my feet. In fact, I think I'm going to leave this church. Where's mine? When's it my turn? My, 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 my. We have a problem with my, don't we? Realizing that a big problem we have with unity is me. I'm more worried about me than unity. And when that's the case, I mean, that's why it's like, you know what? Be more worried about those around you. Put them first. It's like, first? I mean, for, for years and years and years, I've thought about, you know, seek first to understand and then, and then be understood. Sometimes it's about, okay, you know what? I don't even necessarily have to understand. I just need to be quick to forgive, then I can move on with what God's calling me to do. Because when I'm leaning on my understanding, 
I get it jacked up sometimes. You know, so, okay, it's great to be able to understand. And when we're working through a healing process, there are things that we need to go into that we might need to back into and be able to understand. But the most important thing is my right standing with Jesus, and that is through complete forgiveness. If I can be quick to forgive and move on with what He's showing me, how He's directing me, then I am operating in this humility thing. I'm putting others' needs above my own because it ain't about me. Now, that may have taken me 60 years to figure out, but I finally got that figured out. It's not about me. It's not about me. It's, it, there are, and here's where I believe so many career politicians run into trouble, they, they, they begin to worry about two things. This is about me. This is about my career. And I think so many, so many times it's the same problem with, if you think about, I'm the other side trying to understand and the Liz Cheney thing. Well, she was one of, 10, one of 10 Republicans that voted to impeach President Trump, and I don't study <laughs> that stuff. I just happen to be looking at it. But <clears throat> she's also been a career politician, and so she's concerned about keeping her job, keeping her career, and she's way outnumbered by Democrats. So if I want to understand, it's like, oh, I can understand that. I can understand that. But she was there to represent the people. It's the same thing. You know, something happens to me if, if, if I started making a list of all of the times and all of the things that have ended up hurting me or offending me in church, I'm just saying in church, just in church, we would be here for a really long time today. And what God says is, you know, knock it off. It's not about you. It's about you moving forward and doing what I'm calling you to do. Not about, oh, poor little you, you got offended today. You know what? They were probably just joking when they said that anyway. And it's not all about you. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about us. And us about him. We're all about his business. So when somebody says something in church that offends you, when you think you've come to the table with this... I'm going to just throw throw one more thing, and maybe if I've done it before, just... I had somebody in my, in my meeting me in the library one day and that said, you know, I, I, I'm a prophet, I'm a prophet, I'm a prophet. It's like, well, and you've never given me the mic. I'm a prophet and you've never given me a microphone. And it's like, is a microphone on this platform the only place that you can use that gift that God's given you? Maybe that was just a little harsh, but that's kind of the reality. When we start trying to elevate ourselves, this says that we're not self-elevating. I could, I could read this again. Self-promotion. Be free from pride-filled opinions, for they will only harm your cherished unity. Let's just say cherished unity. 
One of the wonderful things that I just so love about this, this body of believers is the unity and the love that we have for each other. And you can feel it when you, it, it's something you experience when you come in here. And we don't want to mess that up. Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your heart. It's like, I should be promoted, I should be promoted, I should be doing this, I should have a microphone, I should be, I should be, I should be. You know what? In God's timing, you will be if it's His will. In God's timing, you will be if it's His will. Don't hide self-promotion in your hearts, but in authentic humility, put others first and view others as more important than yourselves. It's like, if, well, yeah, if we only end up coming to church on the, on, once a week, and a lot of us can only make it to church once a week because we're, we're really busy people and we come to, I, I come to be fed. I come to get my Jesus fix on Sunday morning and I'll be good for the rest of the week. I just really believe that we're not maturing very fast if that's all that's happening in our lives. We're not becoming very mature we're not chewing on steak yet. We're still on the, on the bottle, probably with milk. Unless you are studying His Word, unless you are praying, unless you are meeting with other believers that are sharpening the iron. And that's one of the things that we're so wanting to focus on in 2021 is that maturity through what happens on the other side of these doors. And that's on, in some homes. Tim Fish right there has already opened up his home, already started uh, men's meetings every Tuesday night, and we're, that's going to expand. I guarantee that's going to, to expand. As men come together and start to share their hearts, as iron sharpens iron, gonna happen, Tim. We're gonna see more and more and more where it has to be in more and more houses. We'll either be grabbing up a couple of more men's leaders or, else, or, or you'll be bouncing from house to house as you're sharing this this curriculum, breaking bread from house to house. Abandon every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. Consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. Let his mindset become your motivation. This, this translation is just incredible. I got this for Christmas. Thank you. Thank you. The example of Jesus Christ. He existed in the form of God, yet he gave no thought to seizing equally with God as his supreme prize. It's like he wasn't worried about titles or position. It's like he came to do what his father told him to do and to glorify his father. Instead, he emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant. He became human. He humbled himself and became vulnerable, choosing to be revealed as a man and was obedient. He was a perfect example, even in his death, a criminal's death by crucifixion. We are okay. Because of that obedience, God exalted him, multiplied his greatness, he has now been given the greatest name of all names. The authority of the name of Jesus causes every knee to bow in reverence. Everything and everyone will one day submit to this name. 
in the heavenly realm and in the earthly realm and in the demonic realm. Every tongue will proclaim Every tongue will proclaim in every language, Jesus Christ is Lord Yahweh, bringing glory and honor to God, His Father. Mm. Is that... Okay, I want to flip really quick here. I want to talk about that humility, humility, humility. Humility. I believe that humility, James 4, 6 says, God resists the proud, but I've given you the short version, but gives extra grace to the humble. You want that grace in your life? Humble yourself before the Lord. Humble yourself. All of the stuff, that the, these this two chapters right here, oh my goodness, so good. And John 3, 30 said, I, I just wrote down here, less of me. I must decrease that he, Jesus Christ, would increase. And that's by humbling myself. It's not, it's not him worried about how many disciples he has, how many disciples Jesus has. It's like, I have to decrease so that Jesus Christ can increase. I myself have to become more humble so Jesus can end up showing himself through me. Make sense? I wrote down the fruit of humility. True, hum- true humility is believing what God says about you. Humility is believing what God says about you. See, we can end up having a pride that resists what God says about us so we don't receive His love, we don't receive His forgiveness because there is a pride in us. True humility, believing what God says about you. Humbling yourself to a point that you can believe what God says about you. And then act like you believe it. Act like you believe it. Four things that I've written down that, that, that humility does for you, the fruits of humility. Shameless. I become shameless. Everybody say shameless. In my humility, I'm shameless. In my humility, I'm confident. In my humility, I understand my identity, and I become identity-driven. Last thing, fourth thing that I wrote down here is In <clears throat> in my in my humility I've been given authority 
In my humility, I've been given authority. Let's say it together. In my humility, I've been given authority. Let's say that together. In, in my humility, I've been given authority. We need to break out of that me-driven society, humble ourselves before the Lord, and ask Him to show us, to direct us, to guide our path. And as our relationship in Holy Spirit, as we just get closer and closer and closer to Him, we're feeling those impulses, and as minute men, we're acting on those impulses. Shall we stand together? Get the praise, uh, the, not the praise team, the, the prayer team. Praise team would be awesome as well. Oh, let's, let's just reach our hands out like, like we're going to receive something. Father, I just love your presence. I love who you are, and I love everything about you. Jesus, we, <laughs> we're humbled at who you are, at what you have done. We thank you for the blood that you shed. We thank you for you that you came to earth as a humble, gentle servant to all, and that you were obedient even unto death, that you shed your blood, that we could be cleansed, that we could be healed, that we could be completely set free. And we thank you for that freedom that we have in you. You paid the price for my freedom. And all I have to do is recognize you in that, ask forgiveness for my sin, and your blood washes me as white as snow. My sins to be never remembered again. If you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this is a fabulous opportunity to do just that. He wants to set you free. He wants to heal you. He wants to forgive every sin and wash you white as snow so that you will know and fully understand, I am a child of the Most High. I pray right now that, that God, as we, as as our hearts are seeking after yours, that you would just draw closer and closer and closer. That as we begin to feel those, those impulses, that you will give us confirmation as to how, who, when, each time that we get that, each time we get that, that we'll just be obedient, that we will be obedient, that each one that's gathered here will be obedient to those impulses, ready to do what you're calling us to do, say what you're calling us to say, to be your goodness, your light in this community. We give you thanks, we give you praise, and we glorify your mighty name. Say in the name of Jesus, be glorified. Amen.